I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hunting Seasons, a podcast about two friends catching up on notable television shows one season at a time. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damas Leary. And today we'll be discussing season two of the first show in our must-watch category, also known as our shame list, Breaking Bad. How you doing, Damas? I'm good. How are you? Good. Getting a weird sense of deja vu. <laughs> I think you might have done this before. Possibly. Too bad technology sucks, so we have to do this again. But that's fine. We'll just soldier on. It's, yeah, I don't have anything to do or anywhere to go. It's, that's fine with me. We don't have lives, no. obviously, if we're making this show. Anyway, moving on, let's get to our obligatory spoiler warning. On this episode, we will be discussing everything that happens in Season 1 and 2 of Breaking Bad. However, we will not be spoiling anything from future seasons, because we haven't seen them. If you have not yet watched Season 1 and 2 of Breaking Bad, we suggest you pause this podcast, go and watch it, come back. Or, if you're okay with spoilers, feel free to listen ahead, just as long as you know you've been warned. So... We've talked a little bit in the first episode about sort of the production history of Breaking Bad, awards mm-hmm. and so forth. There's a few things like that I want to discuss maybe in, episode, in season three. But today we'll just move through and get straight to the good stuff. Uh, season two of Breaking Bad is 13 episodes long, each episode coming in at around 47 minutes. Uh, the full season took us 10 hours and 11 minutes to watch, which went by very quickly in it my did. mind. It did. It was... Felt like a lot quicker than Dead Like Me, which, as you know, was about the same time. It was about 30 minutes longer, I think, total Dead Like Me, but felt like it was about twice as long as Breaking Bad Season 2. So before we get into Season 2, let's just do a quick recap of what generally happened in Season 1. The main plot points there Mm -hmm. really just comes down to our main character, Walt White, uh, high school chemistry teacher, Mm -hmm. is diagnosed with lung cancer. Yeah, seemingly terminal lung cancer. Seemingly terminal lung cancer. And in an effort to raise money for his treatment, um, theoretically, and at least for his family that he's going to leave behind, he decides to start cooking meth. Um, He contacts one of his former students, Jesse Pinkman, who helps him in that regard, shows him sort of how to get into the business, into the industry, so to speak, (laughs) of selling drugs. By the end of season one, a couple of people are dead. And they are in working for a man named Tuco, who seems to be a very, very violent criminal. Yeah, he, but also a fantastic distributor. Hence, why they went to him. But they yes, went to him because they needed someone to distribute. A nasty exactly. guy. Excellent. Yeah. So we finish the season literally at a scene where we find out just how violent Tuco is. He beats the living snot out of one of his lackeys, mm-hmm. basically. Now dead snot. And that now dead snot. Snot on the ground. Blah. <laughs> 
And so that is sort of where the show ended. Now, we came out of season one. If you've listened to episode one of Hunting Seasons, you would know we didn't love it. No, we did not. <laughs> so I thought it was okay. Uh, yeah, hoping that things got better. Definitely, definitely. We, we saw the groundwork being laid, but as a, at that stage, we were not fully invested in the show. No. Then we sort of uh, we watched Dead Like Me and realized we kind of had it good. <laughs> we were watching Breaking Bad and came We realized how ungrateful we were. Season yeah. two, yeah, feeling a lot uh, brighter about it. But just before we start going through this sort of episode by episode, mm. let's just get straight to the nitty gritty. What did you think overall of season two compared to season one did you like it did you like it more than season one if so why i liked it i definitely liked it more than season one Mm -hmm. i enjoyed getting to know walt and jesse a bit more seeing things progress at a quicker pace which was good even though we had more episodes yeah we had way more episodes um i really really enjoyed this season i'm really excited about season three Mm mm-hmm there were episodes in the season that shocked me. I cried in an episode. Like, I, by the end of it, I was really emotionally invested, which I was not in season one. What about you? Yeah, I was pretty much exactly the same. I think we said at the end of the first uh, episode about Breaking Bad that we're probably going to look back at ourselves and feel like idiots for the criticisms we had. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I feel still like my criticisms are valid, but... I also suggested that we'd probably we'd look back at that as being sort of the foundational, the act one yes. of the show, and it's still very much that that's exactly what that feels mm-hmm. like. And this is jumping off that. And in terms of going from that first season and going somewhere with it, season yeah. two is excellent mm-hmm. for all the reasons that you said. The excellent um, dynamic between or the ongoing progression of the relationship between Walt and Jesse, of Walt and Skylar mm-hmm. and their stuff going on, of Jesse and new characters, yeah. the introduction of fantastic new characters. Oh, yes, absolutely. Two in particular that really helped mm-hmm. with my connection to the story, brought in a great sense of humour to a lot of scenes that I felt needed it, because yeah. otherwise it's a pretty dire story. Which was something we talked about in season one, the season one podcast as well, is mm. the humour, the tone was a little bit off for us yes. at times. Yeah. Did you think it was a little more... It was pretty consistent throughout season two, the yeah. tone. It found how it could be funny, mm-hmm. and but still anchored in the world that it had created for itself. Definitely. I thought, I thought all those things, those elements that they were trying to put into season one and were still sort of figuring out mm-hmm. landed way, way better this season. But the pace was really excellent, as you mm-hmm. said. Suspense, going from episode to episode, I was really... And my, this is exactly what my brother said would happen. I was going <laughs> to want to watch the next episode... Yeah. After I mean, there was just time. so much more going on in each episode, which then obviously helped with the pacing and that type of thing. So season one was absolutely the building up to something, yeah. which is fine as a function in and of itself. doesn't make it a satisfying season of television, totally. but to set up this season two, it, w- it was successful in that and therefore enrich season two. And thinking back on season two and trying to prepare for this podcast today, I was, you know, it, it, the storylines feel fairly straightforward. It doesn't feel overly complex, but no. in trying to then whittle it down to something simple, it actually, there's a lot going on. There are a yep. lot of different story threads to follow, a lot of different relationships to try and wrap your head around. So that's, you know, it's a pretty good sign of a complex, and interesting show, which is, yeah. so I'm, I'm the same way. I'm pretty happy with it. So let's start with episode one. Episode one, picks up actually exactly where we left off. It actually goes back to the last scene of... Yeah. We have a little revisit seven. to where we were before we, with Tuco. We and... see Tuco beating up his henchman again. <laughs> Yay! Uh, and I really expected that to sort of play into something a little bit 
longer, uh, maybe more of a season or a half a season long arc that involved mm-hmm. Tuco. I thought that... I think it's a natural um, prediction that that would be the case because that's what we usually see. When we've got a flashback from a previous season, yeah. then you just naturally assume that it's going to be either a season-long arc or at least over four or five episodes. Mm-hmm. And then the way that even that scene ended at the end of the se- episode seven of season one, that Tuco's driving away and they're left sort of shell-shocked mm. and it feels like, oh, this is going to be them dealing with him, you know. That's the, the new dynamic, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Instead, almost as if they changed their minds, <laughs> which I personally think might have been the case. I must say, that look in your eye tells me that's what you think happened. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I'm not the only one who feels that way. <laughs> um, that they then immediately bring him back into the scene, essentially, mm-hmm. to show that the henchman is now dead. Yep, he gone. He gone, which complicates things because all of a sudden, Jesse and Walter have been witness to a murder, <laughs> and now they're paranoid that this psycho Tuco is going to be after them to sort of make sure there are no witnesses, mm. which sort of leads into episode one. How do you feel about episode one? I liked seeing the panic um, that both Jesse and Walt experience. I enjoyed Hank's part in that in which so hank is obviously investigating tuco yes um and it's after this criminal mastermind called heisenberg which we know to be walt white mm-hmm. and he is at and hank cr- hank is the brother-in-law he's the brother-in-law so skylar's yes. sister's husband yes right? and the <laughs> one who works for the dea dea yes so he's at a crime scene in which one of tuco's men who we have seen tuco beat the living Jesus out of and is now dead. He's underneath uh, a car and another henchman, I think it's fine to call them henchmen, henchmen. yeah, that's, <laughs> that's appropriate, yeah, um, has also died in the scene just by an accident, by purely pure by happenstance, coincidence, coincidence if you will. A word I might bring up later. <laughs> Good. Um, and so he sends a photo of that crime scene to Walt, which is Super illegal, right? Yeah. You can't be doing that. Well, it's legal, and also it's traumatizing. Ethically, ethically wrong, you would think. <laughs> right. um, so he sends a photo of that to Walt, being like, oh, look what happens to, you know, bad dudes. Walt assumes that Tuco has started killing the people that have witnessed the murder. Yeah. And so he and Jesse are in a panic. They mm-hmm. want to run. And so I like the immediate raising of the stakes. I was invested. I was excited to see where it was going. What about you in those? Yeah, you're right. Stakes were definitely up. And then that episode ends and we get, um, we'll come back a little bit, something else in that episode I want to talk about, but the way there, that particular bit ends is with uh, Jesse showing up at the house, which Mm. is a big no, no for Walt, obviously. Um, He goes out to find out why he's there. And in the back of the car is Tuco holding a gun to Mm -hmm. Jesse's head and telling Walt to get in the car too. So things gone bad. Bad. Well, bad. and even the scene before that when Walt is in his home and he realises that things have gone too far mm-hmm. and Skylar's having a bath and he's sitting on the edge of the bath and he is just about to tell her. Like, he's kind of just given up. The life is not for him. He's made a terrible mistake. And that's when Jesse mess- or rings him and tells him to come outside. Yeah. And yeah. so that ending is a good example of what this season did really well, mm-hmm. I thought, which was... Giving us cliffhangers. Yes. So the tension to go from one episode to the next episode was sustained into the next episode and I was like, ah, I just want to find out what happens next. Yeah. That was done really well. It wasn't every episode, mm. but mo- but many episodes, if not most episodes, had that and it really kept the whole season yeah. going. That tension always felt like it was and there. And I think you can, you can have that formula really well if... So you have your cliffhanger and then the new episode starts and you deal with that 
appropriately and you like and in a really satisfying way which they did consistently yeah. throughout the season and so when they left you on another cliffhanger that's why you wanted to keep watching because yeah. you know something really good is going to there's going to be payoff yeah. Yeah. yeah and that was definitely the case and on a lot of season two almost the word i would use it's not like everything's paid off we're not getting mass conclusions mm. but we're the the groundwork of season one is starting to yeah. pay off yeah. in a way. You're getting something back for your investment, which is nice. Definitely. So going back just a little bit in that scene, you mentioned Skylar. Mm. One of the things we talked about in our first in a season one podcast of Breaking Bad was, and you brought it up, and I sort of moved past a little too quickly. And yes. I wish we talked about it a little bit more. But mm-hmm. you were interested in my thoughts. You were interested in the in the dynamic between. Walter and Skylar sexually in the yes. way that he used sex and aggressive sex really mm. to sort of take control. To explain yeah. that, talk to me a bit about that a bit more. So, well, in season one, that seemed a very large part of their dynamic in which Skylar would be concerned or controlling or even just nagging and annoying and he would quieten her down or distract her from what she's saying or just to make her more passive, and that was always through sex. It was very, yeah, it, it had a violent edge to it, mm-hmm. and that dynamic was, it was quite confronting. Was it troubling to you? Was it, did it, did it put you off? It was troubling because it never went anywhere. Sure. Nothing really happened with it. Um, so it was just like a lot of things in season one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so then in season two, when that situation arises again mm-hmm. and we see Skylar and she's in her perfect little housewife, a traditional housewife kind of garb and she's got like a little face mask on wearing a nice robe and I'm pretty sure she's standing at the sink. And Walt tries to do that again. He tries to dominate her sexually and it's a pretty confronting scene in which, I mean, from my point of view, it's sexual assault. No, that's that's, yeah. that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. And she says no she pushes him off she's very firm and he withdraws in himself so i'm glad they addressed it in that way well how do you how do you feel about well, that, that was exactly yeah. what it was and i think you're right i think it, it was a troubling thing that i didn't know where that was coming either mm-hmm. but i feel like definitively the writers they did an episode one and they we haven't seen it since no we haven't which to me and listen who knows what's going to happen in three more seasons but to me, suggests they put that one to bed because they didn't like it, maybe. Yeah. Maybe they didn't it, know where it that was going to go either. It had an air of nastiness to it, in yeah. which, like, this annoying, nagging wife, like, gets what she deserves because, like, I fuck her. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it just felt a bit of, like, vitriol in that. And sure. it was a little bit too heavy, I think, with no um, responsible, I guess, understanding. Do, we, do you think we got to some of these things too quickly in season one? Like, one of the things we talked about was, like, the way that the cliff, the, the, the sort of flash forward at the start of the pilot mm. is resolved by the end of episode one. And by episode three, Walt has killed a man. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a lot of me that thinks like some of these things should have been saved for a little bit later. It's, uh, mm. it, maybe I, that I don't know. Well. Yeah. I'm not sure about that. Cause I remember also feeling, and like we said, it's just like act one. So in that, respect we feel like things weren't gotten to quickly enough as well i i just feel like it was a little it was bouncing ideas off the wall and seeing what stuck i think that's more of what it was some of them stuck and some of them didn't Mm -hmm. and i think this was one of the things that it just didn't stick it felt a bit ugly bit too ugly yeah and Um, maybe just not wasn't adding and it wasn't it was ugly but it wasn't earned like a lot of things that walt does 
seem earned in a way, just from a writing perspective. That just they're doing they're doing yeah, a better job felt, of showing those things being earned as we go along. Yes. We reveal a little bit more about his history and his character, but we'll get to that mm. as we go forward. Yeah. Um. So moving on to episode two, mm-hmm. we essentially what happens here is we find they actually have another one of those uh, sort of flash forwards in time. Mm-hmm. They're, they're giving us a little sneak about what, what's going to happen at the end of the episode, and it sets up a pretty yep. some stylistic choices going on there. Yep. 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 Um, the episode basically involves Tuco having kidnapped Jesse and Walt. Um, he's taken them out to a safe house mm-hmm. where he Tuco is actually looking after his uncle, who, Uncle Theo, yeah. who was looks like a big time mobster or drug dealer back in the day, yeah. by the sounds of things. Um, and most of the episode has got to do with Walt and Jesse trying to figure out how they're going to kill Tuco and get away, essentially. Yes. Uh, meanwhile, back because Tuco is threatening to take Walt to Mexico and, and Jesse if he has to. Maybe, although yeah. Jesse's life seems pretty in danger <laughs> yes, at that point. That's so that's a lot of that episode. Stays pretty contained there. The other stuff going back on at the family home the is Skylar and um, Walt Junior or Flynn. Flynn, as he likes to be, as known. he likes to be called now, uh, basically trying to find mm. Walt. And within that investigation, a very important detail is that. Skylar finds out that Walt has a second cell phone. Yes. So she now knows that something untoward is going on. She doesn't know what, but that's a big question mark looming over her husband's head. Trust Mm. is obviously becoming a big issue Mm -hmm. for her at that stage. Um, Now, this episode is pretty good. The the ending is really notable, though, in which after a lot of stuff Mm. going on, Hank, the brother-in-law... Surprise! ...who we, or I at least really was critical of for being sort of a cartoonish jock, alpha male, you know, sort of character without much depth at all, Mm -hmm. shows up and ends up in a gunfight with Tuco Mm -hmm. and ends up shooting and killing Tuco. Um, Walt and Jesse manage to get away, sort of just flee into the Mm. desert. Um, But that's... Hank ends up, you know, sort of at the scene and kills Tuco. Mm -hmm. Now... Hank's storyline doesn't go a whole lot further this season. It, um, it it's pretty revolves around this moment, so maybe it's going to yes. be time to talk about this. What they did with Hank this season was excellent. It's exactly the sort of thing... <laughs> it's what you wanted, wanted, right? Exactly yeah. what I wanted out of a little bit out of season one. I just wish there was something like this in season mm. one to give him a little bit more depth, but I'm really happy they got to it in season two, where essentially, after killing a man, mm. we find out that underneath all of that bravado and alpha male chest-beatingness... Yeah. He is vulnerable. Yes. And he starts so experiencing... You know, accumulating of... damage, which is what happens when you're obviously under a, that amount of stress consistently yep. and seeing some really horrible things. I particularly liked in the episode two when he and Tuco are having that gunfight mm-hmm. and we see Hank, you know, he's holding his gun and he's ready to shoot, but like he's just slightly shaking and that's the first instance in which we see vulnerability and fear coming from Hank, which sure. like when I saw that, I was like, Ooh, we're probably going to take this somewhere interesting. We're going to see a few more layers to Hank, which I was excited to see. And we did. And they, yeah, they paid it off really well. I, I didn't notice that at the time. I'm sure you're right about mm. that being there, but I didn't necessarily notice that right then, but it was the next episode mm. when he's sort of being congratulated by, you know, his you know fellow police officers yeah. and whatnot. And he's being exactly like Hank is normal. Yeah, the Hank we know. And then he walks into an elevator and finally has a moment by himself. I could feel it coming, but yeah. I was really excited <laughs> yeah. it was going to come. Yeah. And he starts to really be affected by yeah. basically he has panic a and anxiety. Panic attack, yeah. 
And it was just like, oh, thank you. Mm. Thank you for giving me something to latch yes. onto with this character because now I can find him and his bravado-ness and all the things you do to try and make him comical funny and I can also t- treat him like a real person. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that they, they keep the Hank that we know. He's, he's still, still there. He's still, still that asshole who just like walks into a room and thinks it's his, mm-hmm. which is fine. That's who he is. But I love seeing almost behind the curtain, like when he's in the elevator and he's losing it. Like he feels completely out of control of himself. Yeah. And then when the elevator reopens and he re- straight back. re-enters the room and he's that, yeah, the Hank we know, the asshole, the full of bravado, alpha male. I thought it was, yeah, a really nice insight into did, who Hank is. Did you like after that when he got the promotion, he ends up working, sort of going mm. over the, or close to the yeah. border? I think it was Texas, now that I think about it. Where, yeah, so he's Because I remember Marie complaining about Texas, because that's all she that's does right. is complain. And the, because she, she's a character that hasn't been given no, any sort not. of depth yet still. Um, but his, that moment when he's with these new group of officers mm. and he's trying <laughs> his sort of big alpha male game yeah. and it's not working. No, you got to earn it with these boys. Yeah. yeah. And he hasn't. And it's amazing to see him in a new environment in which... Are we going back to that environment? Or has he just gone back to what he was doing back He's just going back to what I he was doing. I think that's it. Yeah. He's never going back so to it anymore. Yeah, when you've got an alpha male who's, you know, obviously the big fish in a small pond and yeah. then putting him in the ocean, ocean yeah. and he just is eaten alive. He flounders. Oh, well done. Yeah, thank you, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's me clapping. <laughs> <laughs> so that was really great. And yeah. I was really, really happy to see that with Hank. And listen, not a, a heap more has been made of it. There were a couple of scenes, a good one with Walt that we'll come to a little bit mm-hmm. later um, that involved Hank. But just that alone made, wow, made me so happy they were able to, to work yeah. on that with it's, Hank. Yeah, it's taking a one-note character... And make it, yeah, exactly, which is what I think this show needed. So the next episode was episode three, in which uh, it was called "Bit by a Dead Bee." What is that in reference to? I can't even remember. I don't. I've got no idea. Doesn't matter. Anyway, <laughs> the, the big conceit of this episode is that Walter needs to make his way back to his real life. Ah, the ruse. Commas, yes, and mm. has to come up with a plan on how he's going to get away with that. Mm-hmm. And so he decides. To pretend... He, he has amnesia? Essentially, he has a psychotic episode. Yes. Or he fakes a psychotic episode. Walks into a supermarket, strips off all his clothes mm. until eventually someone intervenes. Yeah. And he's sent to hospital and he pretends he doesn't remember what happened. Pretends that all the things that happened with Tuco never happened. He just walked out of his home mm-hmm. and decided to... Yes. And disappeared. I'm really glad in that episode because, you know, we've seen this kind of thing before where someone makes up a ruse to get out of something and it has to do with illness. Mm -hmm. And then the doctors are like, oh, yes, it's amnesia. That's just what it is. But I liked with this storyline, the doctor's like, it doesn't really make sense. So you can't leave until we figure out what it is, which was good. It, It, yeah, cemented the world into actual reality as opposed to Walt can just do whatever he likes and make up stories and it's fine. Yeah. The um, and it just started sort of this pileup of lies upon lies <laughs> upon lies, and we got to really see just how kind of good Walt yeah. is at lying. And particularly in that, that in that scene where he's with the counselor, yeah. and he's like asking about client doctor privilege Pri- yeah. and that kind of thing. Confidentiality, yeah. yeah, and you th- and you kind of get a hint as like, oh, he's gonna at least tell him something mm-hmm. somewhere close to the truth. And he does not at all. Well, he got, he sort of theoretically does a little bit. I think there's some truth to the idea that 
So he, what he tells, essentially, instead of saying that... Talking yes, about his failures, and of course he ran. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't tell him about Tuco. He doesn't tell no, him about no, no, making no. drugs, but he does t- say he needs to get out. He needs to be away from his family and stuff like that. And there is an element of truth to that. I think some of that fuels... Yeah, which I think Walt tells himself that a lot, is that, oh, there's an element to truth of a lot of sure. what I'm doing. Sure. <laughs> doesn't make it the actual truth, No, though. no, it's definitely yeah. not the actual truth. But he's able, he's able to concoct yeah, a lie. Like you were saying, it's just a perfect reflection of how good Walt is at lying and how yeah. naturally it comes to him. How much of it he just does. That tower just keeps stacking up and stacking mm. up. And this is just, it's a, one of, another one of those layers that um, it'll come back to bite him. Bite him at the end of the season. This leads, though, into the next episode where we come back to Jesse's family. Who was a big problem for mm. me, at least. Oh, yeah, I know. In you season had, you, one. You didn't enjoy them. I found them kind of sort of cartoonish in a similar yes. way that I didn't like Hank. They mm. sort of were one dimensional and very, like, I don't know, caricatures, yeah. I guess. You felt like it was kind of an after school special a bit with him when they were like, don't take drugs, you're breaking I, your mother's heart. Kind I, of thing. It's not that, that you can't have that conversation, it's that I felt like they were out of an after school special. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, they, that's they didn't that's belong in this show with the characters mm. that they had. And so in this episode, we re- they come back into it briefly just to tell him basically, you kicked out of your house, you never did own it. He thought mm-hmm. he inherited from his aunt. They own it, he just had rental rights, yep. but they don't want to be involved with him anymore because they found his mother walked into the basement <laughs> and found all his cooking equipment. Whoops. Whoopsie. Yeah. Um, That's wh- why you always get your friends to clean out your shit. This is why you make so someone knows the password to your laptop yeah, so you can right. clean out your browser history. Yeah. You know? your, your friends. Your friends who won't judge. You don't yes. want your mum going through your laptop. Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> and so they come into it briefly just to say, basically, we don't have want anything to do with you anymore and you're kicked out. Yeah. Which I was pretty happy with. Because the less we have to do with them, the better as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I think that's just a great... It's a great idea for the story to elevate... Jesse's amount of stress. He has to scramble. There are actual, there are some consequences and he has to, he's got something to do by himself that isn't completely linked to Walt. Yeah. And I, yeah, it was a great idea for his character to then kind of have to stand on his own two feet for a little bit. He ultimately doesn't. He still, you know, leans on Walt heavily, but that, that episode, I really enjoyed watching that. And that was, yeah, it was all the elements. It was even... <laughs> When he falls in the toilet. That it's whole just... thing. It's so tragic. <laughs> the little puppy dog, Jesse. Oh, I love Jesse. You just can't not feel sorry yeah. for the poor guy. Anyway, all of that leads into actually episode five, mm-hmm. which is the episode in which Jesse is finally um, finds a place to live. Mm-hmm. And doing so sort of propels us into the second half or the or, or into the rest of the season basically we're past two go now we're propelling ourselves into what happens next yeah. which comes down to two things um one especially from jesse's case one jesse meets the character of jane mm-hmm. so he finds a place that he really quite like quite quite likes mm-hmm. his essentially landlord is this pretty young lady by yep. the name of jane who lives Kristen next Ritter. door Kristen Ritter Jessica Jones God bless you Kristen Ritter you're amazing <laughs> <laughs> and she was really excellent yeah. in this role as well yeah. I mean she's... I've loved her since Gilmore Girls she's so good I'm... so I was Did very you know happy she's in Gilmore Girls there you go she was it was great yeah so but we're introduced now what you were saying there are two characters this season that were introduced to that you mm-hmm. really liked I'm getting the feeling Jane was one of them absolutely tell me I a bit about Jane I love Jane so Jane is a recovering drug addict mm-hmm. she is a She's not a, her father's the landlord, but she's the kind of I guess real estate agent, realtor, sure. 
um, in that situation. She's an artist. She's funny. She's charming. She's... Troubled. Yeah, she's troubled, but warm, Mm -hmm. which is great. And she's, I think, a really nice, calming presence in Jesse's life. And for a moment. Well, we've. Uh, you think about this now. We've had that episode where everything's rock bottom for Jesse. Yeah. He's got no money. He's got no house. Mm-hmm. He's got nothing. And then he finally finds his place and finds Jane. Yeah. This seemingly positive presence in his life, something to, you know, leave behind his criminal and sordid life he's currently living potentially for. Yeah. It's pretty. You know, obvious but cool place for that, us to go with that character. We're sympathetic to him already. We would like to see him succeed. Yes. And so that she, she's a great inclusion in that sense. Um, when it comes to the business side of things, Hank and Jesse need to figure out what they're going to do next. They no longer have Tuco as a distributor, mm-hmm. but they still need money. Mm-hmm. Hank's treatment is expensive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, every time they make money, they seem to lose just as much of it. Jesse mm-hmm. lost all his money to the DEA. Yeah. So they need to start cooking again. And they need to find some way of distributing it. And mm-hmm. they decide that maybe they can do it themselves. Yes. Well, Walt doesn't see it that way. No. He either... Because well, he says they have two options. Mm-hmm. Get back into with a, some other distributor. Yeah. Or just cook and then Jesse sells it on the street and they don't make as much money. Yeah. And then Jesse says, no, we have a third option. We can be Tuco. Which was, I really liked that Jesse had something to contribute and you can see his value. Because sometimes I think that gets lost in which Walt seems to be doing so much and Jesse just is continuously messing things up. Being a fuck up. Yeah. So it's nice to see moments where he's like, no, no, I'm I'm the street guy. Remember, like I've, I can maybe help in this situation, which is good. And he actually does a pretty decent job Mm -hmm. to a degree. Mm -hmm. He's choosing three of his mates who are kind of, you know... Not a great idea. They don't seem to be highly intelligent. No, but no. that's fine. But I did like in the scenes with them. He really commanded respect, and he he's did. like, "I've got a job to do. I'm giving you an opportunity." Like he really psyched them up. Like he was a good salesman. Yeah, like, he was I'm a good boss. You- he was middle management. He was doing, he was doing <laughs> he, it all right. He was doing a good job. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can see why like Walt would want this guy on his team. Totally, because he's doing exactly what he's been asked to do and doing it really effectively. Until things go wrong. And one of his guys ends up being robbed. Uh-oh. Yeah. Um, and Jesse's sort of got to deal with the consequences. The idea of being Tuco is when T- Tuco was good at his job because he was intimidating. Yeah. He's someone you wouldn't cross. That's not the case with Jesse. No. Poor little, little puppy, puppy dog Jesse. dog. Um, which leads into the episode Peekaboo, in which Jesse spends the majority of the time uh, trying to intimidate <clears throat> the people who robbed one yeah. of his... Well, in episode... Five towards the end. Um, yeah, so one of his boys has been robbed and Walt is like, this is unacceptable. We can't, as they call it breakage, when some profit gets lost That's right, yeah. through circumstance. And Walt is just like, that is unacceptable. You have to deal with it. Once again, putting it all on, all Jesse, on Jesse to fix it. And so Jesse takes that on board. He listens to Walt. That's what he does. And so he's going to sort it out. And he has decided to be his own enforcer He's going to get high, very high, and then knock on some drug addict's door and demand his money back, is, is his plan. So what do you think of this episode? He spends the majority of the episode inside mm. the house of these two um, drug-addicted, burnout parents, because there is a child, there is a child. in this as well, yeah. um, trying to essentially intimidate respect, mm-hmm. intimidate them, get some respect, get his money back. <laughs> 
and the whole thing is complete farce essentially yes it is is. it's farcical yeah i really like this episode and i know you don't feel that way i don't love it it's it's not that it's a bad episode necessarily Mm. i just sort of I don't know. I mean, it's an it's an interesting episode in some ways for Jesse. We get to see his good-hearted nature, the way he treats the kid. Mm, yeah. We get to see that he's more than just a dropout, burnout. Yeah. You know. I mean, sometimes watching this, I feel like I'm Jesse's grandmother, in which, like, any moment where he's like slightly good, I'm like, oh, he's such a good boy. Always, oh, I just want to see him be a good boy. And that was like that episode was like, oh, he's so lovely and caring, yeah. and I I really like watching that. So that was an element of why I enjoyed the episode, but that wasn't. The only reason, one of the other reasons was we see Gretchen reappears, yes. who so Gretchen is... is from Grey Matters, which is the company. Yeah. I was going to say science company, but that sounds stupid. No, I mean, it's not an accurate. <laughs> it's not. It, it. it just makes me sound like an idiot. Um, so, yeah. They're so, a company <laughs> that teaches, that, that produces science, is make, what I'm trying to say. Mass science production of science. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that Walt was... I guess pushed out of, though we don't know all the details around no. that. And Walt has told Skylar in the past that Gretchen and her husband Elliot are paying for his treatment. Yes. And that becomes and Gretchen is only now realizing that Walt has told this lie so because Skylar has reached out to her and been yep. like, Oh, thank you, I really wanna catch up and thank you for all the like the amazing gift that you've given to my family. Which and, and obviously then, sets off alarm bells for Gretchen. Yeah, sets off alarm bells for Gretchen. Walt is in a panic mode, obviously, because he has to cover his lie. Yeah. Um, so he gets home, he's scrambling, and then he arranges to see Gretchen privately to kind of apologize for telling this lie. He meets up with her. He is not interested in giving her any type of explanation as to why he's done this. He's just saying, I'm sorry, you know, my bad, but that's all the details. But you need to be consistent in my yeah, lie still. yeah. Um, so there's two things I think that are interesting about that mm. scene. One is, or maybe even three things. It's a good scene. Mm. The one with him and Gretchen, we don't see, we haven't seen a lot of Gretchen. We've barely seen any of her at yeah. all. But she's obviously an important character to his past. Mm. Um, so it's interesting to get a little bit more backstory of sort of what got Walter yeah. White. She to brings where he out was. a lot of emotion in him, which brings, is interesting to say. Brings out a lot of emotion. Number two, he doesn't want to tell her anything because he's trying to protect, ultimately, his illegal activities. Yes. But number three, I get the feeling that he probably doesn't want to tell her anything because he doesn't think that she deserves to know anything. Yeah, because he obviously yeah. doesn't hold her in hugely high regard no. anymore. Um, so you're right. That was a really, really good moment mm. for Walt as well. And it was another layer of lies in this tower of lies. That's yeah. Going and to come. I remember when we were talking about season one and we, well, I particularly wanted to see bits of Heisenberg come out in Walt's right. White, White's life. Um, and see how those two characters kind of come together. And that was the scene between Walt and Gretchen was a scene which I did see that, in which Walt sees himself as such a victim of circumstance. And you see that when Gretchen is retelling the story of like what really happened with Grey Matters and Heisenberg or Walt or whoever just doesn't agree with that and is so angry about what has happened to him. In that situation. So, so he literally tell her to fuck off. Yeah, he tells her to fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A lot of anger coming from yep. Mr. White there. Yes. Um, speaking of that, though, speaking mm. of those moments of Heisenberg for a second, because yeah. I'm not sure how elegantly we'll be able to go into this scene otherwise, let's talk about another one scene like that that you felt was good mm. for finally seeing some Heisenberg come into Walt's sort of family life. Yeah. The scene, a couple of episodes later, we find out that he's actually beating his cancer. Mm. And Skylar throws a party for Walt. Oh, yes. Yep. Um, So tell us why you really enjoyed this scene. What happened and why you enjoyed it. 
So in the scene that, okay, Skylar has held this party for Walt. She's obviously ecstatic that her husband, his cancer is in remission. Walt is practically chugging tequila. He begins to pour a few shots for Walt Jr., or Flynn, as he is now known. Uh, And Hank, the brother-in-law, tries to stop him. And we see Heisenberg come out. And he is not willing to be questioned or undermined. And he turns into an alpha male. And it's a little standoff between Hank and Walt, which I loved. I really liked seeing, even when... Walt is confronting someone from his, I guess, passive life. Yeah. How scary he can really be. Yeah, I loved it. What did, what did you think about that? No, scene? I really love that scene as well. And I love the scene, I think, um, that follows not long mm. after, where the next day he's sort of apologetic, mm. particularly about the way, because he was getting Flynn yeah. to drink tequila as well, and then Flynn yeah. sort of gets sick because of it. Yeah, he vomits he, in the pool. Vomits in the pool. He apologizes to Flynn and sort of says, like, I was really out of order. Yeah. I'm really sorry for what happened. And Flynn, sort of, he's apologetic for not for vomiting in the pool, yeah. but then Aww. is looking for some sort of validation from his dad because, yeah. as he says, I kept, I kept up. up. Yeah, I kept up, right? He was able to drink yeah. the three tequila shots and he kept up. Yeah, and Walt's like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, well, you and Uncle Hank had three shots and I had three as well. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. And it was a really just interesting... Again, it doesn't go too far in this season, but it was really interesting to just see them touching on this idea of like poisonous or toxic masculinity. Yes. Um, yeah. Which I think is what we see in Hank as well. Then yeah. you have this idea of what a man is and it dictates dictates how you act around other people. Certainly why I didn't like him in season yeah. one as well. Yeah, totally. And I and it's a dynamic that exists now that we in that particularly in those few scenes with mm. Flynn and Walt you see how a father and son relationship can become really toxic and that desire for validation from a father or father figure can really decide whether or not you make some really bad choices and that also exists with obviously Walt and Jesse which is where I was going to go back to because yeah. you were saying this term Heisenberg is really interesting mm. this alternate personality that Walt has yeah Heisenberg, when do we see Heisenberg normally? What is what is Heisenberg? Who We see that basically whenever it's Walt and Jesse, right? Yeah. Uh, primarily, sometimes with other people, but he doesn't get a whole lot... Like, Walt doesn't spend a lot of time at, at, face-to-face with other people, at least not at this stage. Mm. Um, I think we... Jesse s- tends to be the one who cops it the most, the Heisenberg the most. I think we see Heisenberg when he is backed up in a corner mm. and he then releases it. It's like, and then becomes an alpha. He particularly like when Tuco beats in season one, beats up Jesse, he returns to Tuco's HQ and he just destroys him. It was like, this is what I want and you're going to give it to me. Otherwise I will completely destroy you. And we see that up against Hank. Oh, we see him when he's talking to Gretchen and she's just like, no, no, I need to know what's going on. And he's just like, fuck you. Like, he's just not willing to compromise at all. He knows what he wants and you're going to give it to him no matter what. Sure. And it's always when he's backed up in a corner. Sure. Do you think that was a part of Walt that always existed? Or is it something that's developed over time as he's gotten further and further down this life of Breaking Bad, so to speak? Mm. I really want to see a little bit more from his time at Grey Matters mm. because we see back or to... Or pre-Grey Matters. Well, well, we see season one in which he has those 
moments with Gretchen in front of the... Very, very... Very briefly. Very but he brief, feels very... very different, right? He feels looser and more confident. He, feels, he sounds... Feels cool. Yeah. Honestly, he feels, yeah, like, exactly. charismatic and, like... So I think... I, yeah. Yeah, I think that's who he is. And then through years of, like, happenstance of, like, you know, things not really going his way, he has subdued that side of him. And now it's just kind of, like being neglected and become like this feral dog and mm. now it's like had an opportunity to be unleashed and that's why we get Heisenberg. Interesting. Mm. Interesting. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Moving on a little bit, just in terms of keep rolling with the plot, keep this conversation going. The next episode, uh, what happened in back in the house with Jesse and the two um, awful... <laughs> drug addicted parents mm. is the wife or the, or the woman kills the man she drops a ATM on his head yeah um, but that gets attributed on the street to Jesse yep and so Walt he's now known as this like this crazy loose cannon who will drop an ATM yeah. on anyone's head who crosses him don't yeah. want to cross him essentially yeah. and Walt takes advantage of this and suggests or pushes Jesse into expanding into new territory mm-hmm. he's got a reputation now and they should try and expand their market essentially mm-hmm. um, but unfortunately in doing so uh, one of their drug dealers ends up being caught by the EDA uh oh DEA DEA what is EDA <laughs> I don't think it's anything, Okay, is it? the DEA, then. <laughs> I think you just made it I'm up. I'm just mixing. I'm dyslexic when it comes to acronyms, all right? The DEA. Don't insult dyslexic people just because you're an idiot. Which leads us to the episode, mm. Better Call Saul. Oh, Better Call Saul. <laughs> I don't know if Saul deserves an oh. I don't think he's a... I think he does. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. He... Maybe uh, maybe Bob Odenkirk does. Maybe but... Bob Odenkirk does, certainly. <laughs> I love him. So, you mentioned two characters that you like being introduced mm. to this season. I'm guessing Saul's the other one. Tell he me about is... Saul Goodman. Oh, why don't you tell me about Saul okay, Goodman? Okay, good idea. Saul Goodman. <laughs> so, in this... Uh, when left in this predicament, uh, they realise... Well, it turns out... I think it turns out that Badger, who is the one that's mm-hmm. been um, taken in by the DEA... His lawyer happens to be Saul Goodman. Yep. Uh, and he makes a phone call, gets a second phone call, and gets um, Jesse and Walt, gets in contact with them, that he needs assistance. Yep. Uh, Walt, this starts a relationship basically between Walt, uh, Jesse, and Saul, mm-hmm. and we go from there. They cannot have Badger make a deal with the DEA to rat them out. Yep. So he, they're asking Saul for assistance to try and... Well, happening. yeah. They go into panic mode. Pretty much. They think they're going to be caught out because Badger is going to sing like a canary. Yep. Uh, so they kidnap Saul because they need him to know that Badger cannot take a deal. 
That cannot happen. And in this kidnapping, we discover that Saul is quite used to this type of situation and dealing with people who work in, you know, pretty illegal ways and he's pretty wise to the situation. And he just tells them, well, why wouldn't you just kill Badger? Like, why are you bothering me? And that's when they realise that this guy can really be an asset. He understands both the legal and illegal systems that they need to work around. And he's just an excellent character. He's just, he's funny and slimy and (laughs) weirdly charismatic at times, but also obviously very intelligent Mm -hmm. and has a history. Like, there's... The scene where they kidnap him, he starts worrying that... I don't even remember who he's referencing to, but they're, he's obviously got a history of... Yeah, he's worried it's someone else. He's like, oh, are you from blah, blah, blah? He's like, no, we're completely separate. So there's clearly like a lot of situations he, which he could be kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Which is yeah. just you know funny and gives him a depth straight away that many other characters are introduced to in season one just don't have. And just makes him a fascinating character and played so well. So, so he's an asset. And he ends up probably being um, in a lot of episodes throughout the rest of the season. Mm. And just, yeah, just the cast continues to expand in this season. We get even the, the, some of the lackeys under Jesse. Um, yeah. They're still character types, but like, we get to know them. Like, they're still cartoonish in their sort of like, yo, 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 bro yeah. type way. But they're, we get to know them a little bit more. We get to know their vulnerabilities a little bit yeah, more. We get to know humanized. where their limits are. Mm. They're humanized. Um, a couple of other people that deal with Saw Mike comes into it in, I think, episode 12. Who's Mike? He's the character that j- helps Jesse to sort of clear a crime scene, essentially, in episode oh, 12. Oh, yes. I just remember him as the guy from Community. Yes. Yeah. And the other guy from Community is Gus, who comes up later in a few episodes as well. Is Bob Odenkirk in any Community episodes? Not that I can think oh, of. Okay. I was wondering that, that too, if there was a trio surprises or not. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, right. Hmm. Yes. Yes, that's where I know Gus from. Yes. It's community. He ends okay. up being Pierce's brother. Community. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great episode. Yeah. That's really good. So, the episode after Better Call Saul, we're introduced finally mm. to Saul Goodman, who has a spin-off series, by the way, which we're going to have to cover we once will. we get through Breaking that's Bad. That's stage. Oh, my God. He's so four days out, which, spoilers, I think might be my favourite episode of the season. It's my favourite as well. It's so good. I'm a sucker for bottle episodes, <laughs> and this is not by definition a complete bottle episode. Mm. There is... Um, leading into it, mm-hmm. plenty of scenes set back in town, but majority of this episode takes place just in the camper van between Walt and Jesse mm-hmm. or around it, yes. immediately around it. Essentially what happens here is they need to produce... Well, Walt is convinced that he is not going to be living much longer. He thinks that... Well, he sees... He, he, sees, glimpse, a, he a, sees a shadow. He's had like some sort of cat scan. He had scan. a CT done, I think, or, or an MRI, and he sees on an image, he glimpses something that looks pretty ominous. Yeah, it looks like a huge shadow on his lungs. Yep, and not he's convinced, good. like, he's feeling pretty bad at the time. He's coughing a lot. He's coughing up blood, we find out mm-hmm. later that episode. He's convinced he's not got long to live, so he just wants to get as much... He lies to Jesse. He does. And tells him that the methylamine is going bad. <laughs> it's got an expiry date. And yeah. he convinces him they need to go out into the desert in the van and just spend four days um, making as much, much meth as possible. 1.2 million worth, I believe. It ends up being that yeah. way. Something like 32 or nearly 40 pounds or something. I don't yeah. remember. The, he tells Skylar he's going to visit his mum. Yeah. To another, ask her for some money. Add another lie to the town. Mm-hmm. Just pop that on there as well. Um, and so what happens though is they get they've made all this meth and they get basically caught out there uh, Jesse oh, is, Walt tells Jesse to put the keys somewhere safe not on the workstation yeah and he puts it in the ignition and mm-hmm. in doing so drains, turns, the drains the battery and they're stuck out there mm-hmm. 
basically. And it starts this incredible Lolo episode where you were talking to me earlier about this one. I love this episode because it's a perfect microcosm of their relationship mm-hmm. in which something goes wrong. It's Jesse's fault. <laughs> He's yeah. to blame for it. And he never means to do it. He just It just happened. And he was there and he's sorry. He's very, very sorry. And Walt has to clean it up. He has to fix the situation. And therefore, Jesse feels indebted to him. Yeah. So it's just a perfect little example of how their relationship functions. And they did it really successfully, really well. It was beautifully directed. Mm-hmm. It's really in- enjoyable to watch yeah. those moments where, you know, they think they're going to die out there and they're lying in the camper van or the RV and Walt is just like, you know what? I really, I, I trust you. I really do trust you. And Jesse replies with, you know, no matter what happens, your family will get your share. It's like little bonding moments plus a perfect example of their relationship that we've seen before and what we will see for the rest of the season as well. It's another example of, Walt being that supervillain chemistry supervillain you're talking about as well, because he makes a goddamn battery I of love, essentially nuts and bolts. I loved when Jesse is, like, begging him to use his science to, like, <laughs> yeah. fix them. He's like, can you, like, do this, this, this? Can you build a robot? And then Walt kind of He says figures, battery and says Walt robot, yeah. yeah. And then he figures out, Walt figures out in his brain what he's going to do. And he's like, oh, Jesse, get this, this, and this. And Jesse is so excited because he's like... Yeah. Walt's like, what, what are you doing? He's like, uh, you said it earlier. He's like... Can I build a robot? Yeah, exactly. You can build a robot, which is just adorable. <laughs> yeah, it was excellent. Yeah, it was great. So that I love that scene. And that, like, yeah, plot-wise, the major development is that they end up with a bunch of mm. uh, meth. And we find so out much. that uh, Walt actually is doing very well. Yeah. His treatment t- seems to be working. He's buying him a lot of time as his doctors keep putting it. And that he's kind of beating the disease. Yes. Which is complicating things for him internally because... He seems a little upset by that. He's a little confused. <laughs> Just a little bit. Yeah. A little confused about the idea that he might not be going to die. How did you read that scene? There's a scene after he finds out that he's, you know, beating cancer essentially. Yeah. And he ends he punches. up punches his own reflection in a towel dispenser essentially. How did you read that? What did you think was going on in Walt's head? I immediately read it as him saying he's like, as though, oh no, I've ruined my life because I've gotten this bad business and oops, I messed up. Yep. Oops. And then afterwards I read it, I could also read it as this was a way for me to finally be free with no consequences. I've just lost that and now I have consequences again and that's really confronting. Because I don't, I don't think he wants to stop or would stop. So now he has to deal with like going forward now. Well, what's interesting is not long after that, when he thinks he's beating the cancer, I think it's might be the next episode over. It is. Um, he's trying to figure out what to do. Him and Jesse basically call it quits. Mm-hmm. Um, they weren't going to make any more. They're going to somehow sell their meth and then they'll just take the money and that's it. They're done. And so Walt starts doing kind of odd jobs around the house. He like he finds he's this, manic is what he is. He fixes yeah. the water heater. Yeah. He then tries attacks to, the rot in the rot in the foundations. Yeah. And then somewhere on the line, it's obvious that he needs mm-hmm. to be making meth. Yeah. It's like it's what motivates him now. It's his become his passion yeah. and what he needs in his life. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Do you I mean, read that? I think if you have experienced being great. 
how could you ever go back to being mediocre mm-hmm. and be satisfied? That's how I read it. And he just was manic and distracting himself. Though, actually, when I was originally watching the scene where he's, like, attacking the rot in the house and, like, building all this stuff, I thought he was building, like, a secret, like, That's sort of basement. Like a place to put stuff. Yeah, so that I was that's like what this... I thought was happening. Yeah. And then I realized, like, no, 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 he's just kind of, he just needs he's something. He's looking for an outlet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Now, that was really interesting as well. Um, we're coming up towards the end of the season. Things start to sort of spiral out of control a little bit here. Mm. The last of Jesse's dealers ends up being killed because they've yeah. pushed out too far into How confronting else's territory. was that scene? That was crazy. That, that was... person was shot by a child. Yeah, so one of his boys, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term, is one of his... <laughs> That's boys with a Z. <laughs> boys in the hood. Yeah. Great film. Um... <laughs> I haven't seen it. It is. It's really good. You should watch it. Um, So he is standing on a corner, slinging meth, as they do. As they say. As they say. As we say, so... (laughs) Casually. Casually. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm familiar with the cool terms. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and he clearly sees that there are some bad dudes watching him. He's wary of that. A young kid, maybe 12, 13, 14, maybe. Very young guy. Mm -hmm. Rolls up on a bike and is kind of circling him and then ultimately shoots him in what I think is like a really I can't say I've never seen anyone be shot but look seems like a really accurate depiction of being shot in which he gets shot he's in shock yeah he kind of just stands there and is like what the hell he gets shot again he's like oh I've been shot yeah and then I think he gets shot a third time and then starts running and then like it's just continuously shot in the back I thought that was a really well done scene mm-hmm. and really affecting particularly since it's about a character that i've had very little to do with but i could through the way that they showed it i could see i then connected with jesse's reaction how shocking yeah. how awful yeah. that that was that he felt responsible for his friend being shot yeah. sure and so what we've got here is jesse completely starts to spiral he, a friend of his has died mm-hmm. um basically it's his fault as far mm-hmm. as he's concerned and he's trying to cope and he uh, goes back to essentially drugs. He's going to take meth. And he's obviously formed a relationship with Jane at this Jane, stage. Yeah. We haven't talked about, a lot about that, but throughout the episodes around this, him and Jane have started to form a connection. They're seeing each other. They've become lovers. Mm. Um, and he tells her to leave because he knows that she's vulnerable. She's been 18 months clean. She knows He knows she's vulnerable. And he doesn't want her getting caught up in drugs again. Yeah. Instead, she decides on her own. She goes to leave, stops at the door, turns around and goes and joins him, basically. Mm. And well, then... yeah. I mean, decide is a is a big word when you're talking about drug addiction. Sure. I think. Okay. Yeah. But she, that she doesn't she, she leave. Does, she does smoke. Yeah. She, yeah, she does end up joining him and then starts mm. to introduce him to heroin, mm-hmm. um, which they end up both taking Jesse. That, what did you think of the scene, by the way, where Jesse takes heroin for the first time? And he floats up? Yeah. We talked a little bit about this in season one where it sort of breaks reality sometimes. Mm. A lot of the time it's just like shaky cam, like it feels quite real and realistic and then occasionally it'll take on this like, it's almost like whenever a soundtrack kicks in, whenever there's a, yeah. a song, whenever there's a music, um, it, it breaks reality for a moment. Yeah. We get a montage, we get a scene like this one where Jesse essentially floats up off the bed. Mm. I, I mean, I was watching that, I was curious as to whether, I wondered what heroin really feels like, if that was an accurate description of that of that experience um in which you become light and you just kind of drift away away. from everything 
But watching that scene, I really was just thinking how comfortable Aaron Paul was <laughs> lying on that bench as it gets lifted sure. up into the air and his head isn't supported. That's really what I was thinking. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I did, I, it wasn't a great scene. I've seen that before. Yeah. Um, why? What were your thoughts about it? No, I, th- I thought it was interesting. It was just another example of when mm. I'm starting to feel like I'm getting, I'm understanding the style of the show, I guess. Mm-hmm. When it it does seem to be has because there was another episode that was really interesting. I come it was the one where Hank ends up joining, going to the border and going to Texas and stuff like that. And mm. it starts the the pre credit scene is a song. Yeah, that's right. It's a song in Spanish mm-hmm. that's a sort of about Heisenberg and yeah. the drugs and them expanding other territory. And it goes for three and a half minutes or so. Really long time. It's a Which is why I thought the Mexican cartels were going to play a big part in this season. Because right. I was like, oh, okay. So they're like kind of telling us a story about the Mexican cartels and then we'll see them later and we will already be prefaced with what we need to know about them. That's not what happened. It was just a song. Well, interestingly, you said that that scene with Jesse trying Karen for the first time, you kept thinking about basically the mechanics of that yeah. scene. I look at that the song and go that episode ran short they needed three and a half minutes to film <laughs> so they made this song up and shot it really cheaply and popped it at the, at the start great idea it, that's great <laughs> I don't know why that was there it's really strange right it's really yeah. weird mm. and the show does this sometimes but I'm starting to I'm starting to get feel like there's like a there's a language here whenever they use music yeah. for montages and for for like that scene with yeah. um, Paul that okay maybe that's they're trying to communicate something there, mm. a break from reality for a moment, and that's their their style. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Anyway, he starts using heroin mm-hmm. with Jane, which essentially makes sort of zonks him out. It's sort of like he becomes a passive participant in the story from pretty much the rest mm-hmm. of the season from here on. Yeah. Meanwhile, Hank, now that they don't have any mind on the streets anymore because they've either been arrested or shot, mm. um, is looking for someone to distribute this. Are you talking about Walt? Walt, sorry. Did sorry, I say Hank you again? You said Hank. <laughs> we all are guilty of doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Walt is looking for someone, a distributor, talks to Saul. Saul gives him an option. This very secret, very mm. secretive, very um, careful individual who only buys in bulk and they happen to have yes. $1.2 million worth of meth to sell. Um, we're introduced to Gus. Do we have much of an opinion on Gus yet? No. <laughs> Not really? Not really. I mean, he's... He's an he seems character. a little ominous. Very There's ominous. There's that aspect of it. Um, very controlled. But this is nothing that Saul hasn't told us that he is. Sure. So other than what Saul's told us that he is, no, I don't have much of an opinion Although we about do have... Him. Yeah, the ominous is right because we do find out mm. that he is also has a way of being inside the DEA yeah. occasionally yeah. with completely undetected. Mm. Um, no one is suspicious of him whatsoever. Basically, he owns... A series of chain chicken chicken restaurants, restaurants yeah. Um, and you, through those legitimate businesses, is able to get access to DEI by sponsoring fun runs. Yes, which is really interesting, <laughs> and finds out that Walt is related to Hank. Yes, because they have agents. a little collection jar at the DEA because yep. Walt, oh, sorry, Hank is trying to race. <laughs> <laughs> it goes both ways. It goes both ways. Because Hank is trying to raise money for Walt's cancer treatment Ooh. for his surgery, the lumpectomy. Um, so that's how Gus finds out that Walt is in fact 
really uh, enmeshed sure. in the DEA happenings. Yeah. So Walt is able to push this deal forward. He's given one hour to get the drugs to basically the pickup location. Mm. He is trying constantly to get in touch with Jesse. Finally gets to Jesse's house, breaks in, finds him completely, you know, out of it on yeah. heroin. Is able to get enough out of him to find out where the meth is. Takes it from him, gets the job done. He's now in possession of $1.2 million worth of cash. Which is great, but he did miss the birth of his daughter. <laughs> but in the process... Meanwhile, Skylar, Skylar is baby. giving birth, yes. Which, I'm going to tell you, she wasn't that phased by. No, she seemed totally fine. Of all the fine. things she gets annoyed by, that was the one thing <laughs> that she was like, yeah, whatever. Particularly since she was so worried about having another troubling birth. Yeah. Um, just came real easy. Mm. No worries there. This essentially leads us into the last act of this season, mm. where Walt Walt's trying to figure out what to do with Jesse, essentially. Yeah. He has this money, but... He's having trouble trusting Jesse now because he's, a, you know, a drug addict, essentially. He decides that he's keeping his share of the money from him mm-hmm. until he goes clean. Yeah, he's doing it for his own good. And we get or this... That's what he says, at least. Yeah. So, at the same time, Jane, who has now fallen off the wagon... Yeah. Is it on the wagon or off the wagon? Which is the one where you're... I think you fall off the wagon. You're on the wagon when you're clean, right? Yeah. So, she falls off the wagon. Yeah. Her father finds out... And is telling yeah. her that she needs to go to rehab um, to get clean, basically. And we have this great... Se- she says, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Oh. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh God, Jane. Uh, we get this great scene between uh, Jane's dad and Walt where they're sort of discussing the problems of raising children. Yes. And it's purely through circumstance that they happen to be at the same bar. I think the word you're looking for is coincidence. Coincidence. Fancy that. Did you want to speak about coincidence? I don't know. It was, it was something I just wanted to bring up because it just, it was, I, it's a show that's really, really good in terms of it, it very rarely relies on um, cheap exits for things to be resolved. So, a good example of this is back in the episode where um, Badger is, has been taken by the DEA, they need to get a deal out of him, so they pin. They try to pretend that Heisenberg is with this other person, Jimmy in and out or something like that. His yeah. name is. The guy and, who loves to go to prison. And basically yeah. Badger has pretend organized to meet up with this guy so he can be arrested mm. in place of Walt, essentially. Yeah. Except it's going wrong. <laughs> and the DA is watching and they need to get around it. I love that scene. It's yeah. a fantastic situation in which Walt geniusly drives around, pretends he recognizes <laughs> so Ray, gets yeah. in the way basically of them observing this thing going down. Yeah. And so they, they, they're really good at finding clever ways to make mm. these things happen. They happen mm. organically or they happen intelligently one way or the other. Yes. And occasionally, though, they do fall on coincidence mm-hmm. to make these things happen. I find those... I always find those just a little bit frustrating. I know it's something that has to happen sometimes. Yeah. I know it's like... I mean, you have to allow it in television. You I guess. Do, but I understand the frustration. I don't know. But there's a couple of examples of that. And you're just like, when Hank shows up, it has to be Hank is the one that shows up to, to get to... Although that's reasonably organic because you know how he's tracked them and he's doing that to find yes. Walt, not Tuco. Mm. But it has to be Hank, right? Mm. Or it has to be... It has to be Jane's dad... And Walt, yes. who were in the bar talking about fatherhood. Fatherhood, mm. and there's a few other instances I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, it just always like uh, I feel it every time it happens. <laughs> my little story sense goes off. Does it feel cheap to you? Those no, moments, it just or? always feels like like 
I can hear, I can feel the gears turning. You know, you're yes. talking again about yeah. how you felt about watching Aaron Paul looking obviously uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> in that scene. I just feel yeah. that like I can feel. I, the, no, the I don't think he looked uncomfortable. I don't think he showed it, but that's what I was thinking. About, was thinking how about that. uncomfortable he was, and would that's be. what I'm thinking. Yeah. I see those gears turning. I'm just like I can just feel the script working. All of a sudden, it's yes. not feeling like I'm watching the show anymore. Anyway, yeah. So moving on from coincidence, though, we go back to that scene with Jane's dad and Walt. Mm-hmm. So, that scene said a lot, I thought. It put into perspective sort of where they've developed the relationship between Walt and Jesse. Yeah. They've established this idea that Walt actually sees himself as a bit of a father, father figure to Jesse. Mm-hmm. How did you find that? Did you like that they'd gone there? Did you like that as development in their relationship? I liked it because I could see Walt's perspective. Yeah. Which is, you know, I'm always thirsting a little bit for Walt's perspective because he can be a little bit just kind of an asshole, a bit of a bad dude. So I liked to see how he could justify the way he treats Jesse. Yeah. I don't necessarily see it as a father-son relationship. You don't see the, the way, way that Walt sees the it. The way that Walt sees it sure. from, his, from the character's perspective. Yeah. I, I mean, I see it more of a, you know, master and dog kind of situation in which you love the dog because it's so loyal to you but Walt will kick it from time to time for pissing on the carpet yeah. and that kind of thing. Where Walt doesn't see it that way, and that's fine, because I don't think a character like that could ever see that he's actually, you know, not a good guy. But So what did you feel about that scene? No, I really liked it. You exactly the same thing. I don't think I came by it exactly the same way you did. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that initial, like, I didn't necessarily, well, I wasn't coming up with another analogy for it, but I certainly felt like I understand Walt a little bit mm. better here. And it informs what happens next because yeah. he goes to Jesse's place ostensibly, ostensibly to apologize mm. or to talk to Jesse, mm. which he hasn't been able to do recently. Jesse sort of decided he wants out. He's yeah. done. He wants the money. And then him and Jane are going to... He just wants to be happy. Right off leave. into the sunset. Yeah. What happens... They, they're planning to leave the next day. They have freedom, Jesse and Jane. Before, Sorry, before we go into the next scene, do we want to talk more about the Hank... Sorry, the Walton <laughs> father scene? Or do we want to go right into uh, is there more? What's more to talk about? Sorry. So Walt sees himself as this father figure yeah. and therefore is right in his decisions to either withhold money from Jesse or to dictate towards Jesse. Sure. And I think... In that instance, it's. I think it's another perfect example that we've seen before with Flynn and Walt and Walt and Hank and Hank by himself. Another idea of this kind of toxic idea of what men have to be or their role sure. in that it's so domineering. I think it's just like a, another example or even like a progression yeah. of that kind of relationship. Yeah. And I don't think either Jesse or Walt may necessarily see it as toxic. Particularly, I don't think Walt does. I think he's... Certainly not. ...really doing Jesse a service. Well, he, he's theoretically aware of it. I mean, he, you mm. look at that scene, he's aware of it when, when, with Flynn, at least. Yeah. He's aware of it because he goes to apologise to Flynn. He's aware that he done fucked up by the pool that time. He's obviously not happy with Flynn's response. He's, mm. He doesn't like that he wanted to keep up. He yeah. feels like he's failed there or something's wrong there. So he's aware of that, but he isn't with Jesse. No, not at all. 
it's interesting. He's because the other thing that the other thing that Walt does is he's the teacher, you know, mm. and he's constantly like he does this thing where he like it's almost like he's teaching. He's back in class and Jesse is like blah blah blah. We'll do this, and Jesse will say wire. It's like no copy, you idiot. <laughs> like he's trying to be the teacher, and like there's not a huge. There's a lot in common between being a father and being a teacher in terms mm. of you know you're a, a guiding figure, you're a role yeah. model, all those sorts of things. He's a really bad one. Though. <laughs> He's not great. No. He's, he's not great. He's no. really good at chemistry, but he's not necessarily a good mentor or any mm. of those sorts of things. Um, I don't know. Is there more there that you wanted to come by? No. No, that's all right. Not until, yeah, we go into the, the next bit. Well, that's kind of where it all, things really get interesting in terms of yeah. how that perspective yeah. is going to have a really devastating effect. So that idea of if you're the patriarch or the the head man in yeah. any situation that you know best, which then obviously leads into the next scene where something terrible happens. So once they've got the money mm. and they're going to leave, they're going to go to New Zealand, this I is believe. Jane and Jesse. Jane yeah. Jesse. They go to New Zealand. It's where they film all the rings. They're going to go and visit all those castles really that are over cute. in New Zealand. When Jesse asks if Australia and New Zealand are different things. Yes. Yeah. It's very, very cute. The, they, they going to, Go clean. They're going to flush it all down the toilet yeah. and start tonight. Except, of course, they don't. Yeah. They decide you have one more high. Mm-hmm. And they end up getting on the... Zonked out. Zonked out on heroin again. And Walt comes over, forces his way into the house to have a discussion with Jesse. Jesse is completely zonked out and cannot be reached. And in trying to wake him, turns Jane onto her back and she starts to choke on her own vomit. And rather than trying to save Jane, who has been a bit of a pain in Walt's butt, mm. she sort of... Seems to be... So if Jesse was loyal before, she's the one who's been able to turn him against Walt a little yeah. bit. She's been, the, from Walt's perspective, the negative influence. She's mm-hmm. the one that's able to get the money from Walt and yeah. is probably con- is convincing him to leave. He lets her die mm-hmm. on the bed. Choke, choke to, death. to death. on her own and vomit. Mm-hmm. Jesse no- knows none of this because he's completely out of it. What did you make of that scene? Oh, I loved it. I really enjoyed the whole thing. You're a monster. I was laughing the whole way through. You're a monster. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I was devastated. It was a really confronting scene to watch. It was a great moment for Walt, and I think a perfect example of what we were talking about before, in which if you're the patriarch, and Walt and Jane's father have this conversation in which you can see your children doing something really wrong, uh-huh. and you want to shake them and just be like, I know better than you. Just listen to me. Yeah. But of course you can't do that because that doesn't work. But this is just a perfect example of Walt doing that. Mm-hmm. This is a way for him to shake Jesse and be like, you're on the wrong path. Stop. And because he's, you know, Walt is Heisenberg, he does it to the most extreme way yeah. in which he lets a woman die. What I love about though is the, de- the decision to do it is, is a non-decision. Mm-hmm. I really like... How yeah, well, not doing anything commas, is a decision in and of itself. It, it is, but yeah. it's like how easy it is. It's not like he's committed murder before. Mm. Um, he shot Tuco. No, Aaron Paul shot Tuco. Jesse shot Tuco at the end, wasn't it? I don't remember. I can't remember. Yeah. But definitely, at the very least, he's choked him into death. He definitely did that. Which is a pretty confronting way to kill a person. Yeah. Um, pretty full on and personal. Mm. Um, but this isn't like that. It's just a decision to not intervene. And just how cold that is. It's somehow worse than yeah. than actively choking somebody. If he had, like, gone into that room 
and got Jane and choked her, yeah. that would be very different from what we saw. And it would st- if if he had just choked her, I'd be like, okay, he's just a villain. Yeah. But because he just let her die mm-hmm. it's heartbreaking because I know that he will be able to justify that to himself well, he seems he cries in that moment he cries of course seems completely unaffected of in course the next he feels terrible and it's a very confronting moment to sure. watch someone choke to death but what what was heartbreaking was the fact that you know that he could justify it yeah which and it's you can't justify that if you're any rational person but of course he can and he does and he does so, that leads us into the last episode, where Jesse finds out that Jane is dead. Mm. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Which Gives is devastating. C- tries to give her CPR, and it's just awful. But she's been dead for hours, it she's, looks like, at that point. Which is what makes it worse, is that he's just trying against hope. Yep. He is absolutely devastated. Walt is able to organise Mike. Mm-hmm. a new character to come and help clean up that scene essentially yep. not implicate Jesse in it at all or even that there was any necessarily illegal drugs going on potentially um, so he's not going to be in trouble with the law but obviously mm. he's loved, essentially someone he loved has died and he ends up which he feels very personally responsible for absolutely. for getting her mixed up in drugs again exactly which I think is completely which valid. sends him Spiraling, he ends up in a crack den, and mm. you know, completely knocked out of it again. And Walt takes him, ends up leaving you. I think at the end of the season, Jesse is left in a rehab, rehab center. How did you feel about that scene between Walt and Jesse at the crack den? Um, when like they both break down, it's. I think there's. I think it's perfectly truthful I think Mm. it's like both I can understand why both of them are breaking down Jesse obviously is completely distraught and Mm -hmm. is going to somebody that he trusts yeah for comfort well well, he comes to Jesse but still he uses that comfort and Walt sees him as a son and is comforting him and Mm. uh, like he is the Walt is obviously the architect of his of Jesse's despair, despair, mm. but he doesn't not feel sorry for Jesse. Yeah. He does care think, about yeah, him. I think it's a toxically, but great he does. bonding moment for yeah. them to move forward with. Where do you see that? Getting into predictions for a second, where do you see that going? Where do you see that moving into this whole Jane dying moment mm. is pivotal, obviously, for at least Jesse's character. Yeah. Where do you think that's going to lead Jesse and Jesse and Walt's relationship going forward? I think Jesse. He's been very childlike throughout what we've seen so far. And he has had to deal with consequences. I mean, his parents removed his living arrangement and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But he's always kind of scrambled and just like, nothing's really ever changed. Nothing's ever been so dire that has been a real catalyst for change. I think the consequence of Jane dying is a really adult consequence and something he's going to have to deal with. And so it will fundamentally change who he is. Sure. So I see that going forward. What that exactly means, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, I th- but I think there will be a huge amount of guilt that Walt or Heisenberg will be able to manipulate. Sure. Um, and make him an even more loyal subject. And I'm not sure if Walt's 
guilt about that will play a tremendous part because I think he disassociates I can't himself I can't from the act of letting someone die. So yeah. I don't think that will play a part. What about, what about you? Where do you think it's going? I, I don't know. The only prediction I have is that I always look at the smoke again. It's looking at things. This is my curse. I look at things <laughs> and like the story structure and try and break yeah. down, you know, what does this mean? How does this fit into the story? Mm. Um, because I, even in this show, there are a lot of times I could cer- see certain elements about to happen before they happen. You can just yeah. sort of read the signs. My thing is the smoking gun here is that when does Jesse find out somehow mm. that Walt killed? Essentially, killed I think he will Jane. find out. I just think it's way down the track. It could be. It could be the end. It could be two seasons like, from I now. I feel like if he Je- if Jesse finds out, I can't imagine him unless Walt bribes him to the point that he has no other options. I can't imagine Jesse knowing that. And if he does have choices, continuing to stay with Walt, I can't imagine it. Yeah, it'll be. It'll, I just yeah, it'll be interesting. I feel like to he see has to be. Happen. If he knows, he has to be forced to stay with Walt, or if he knows, he just leaves. That's why I think it's really far down the track. Well, one of my predictions in the first episode was that we're eventually going to become adversarial. Mm. So I can certainly see that being a great way of yeah. doing it. That finally pushes him, Jesse, away from him and against him, essentially. Yeah. Um, the other storyline that's re- re- resolving here, um, Walt has the money now from the deal with Gus, mm-hmm. um, but in going in for his next lot of surgery or of treatment, uh, while he's under a little bit medicated, oh, he Skylar finds out or he reveals that he has two phones. Two phones. So this whole thing that started in episode one, suddenly gets picked up again in episode 13. Mm-hmm. Which, that's how a season works. That's what I yeah. love. Set <laughs> yeah. up something in episode one, resolve it in episode seven. Mwah, beautiful. Yeah. Thank you Gorgeous. very much, season Gorgeous. two of Breaking Bad. Yeah. In which case, from that, Skylar's able to do a little bit of investigating and is able to figure out yeah. that... She finds out they never got money from Gretchen and Elliot, yep. the Grey Matters people. They never got money from Walt's mum. Yep. So he was just gone for four days for no apparent reason. Yep. So she's discovered all these things. She has no idea how he's managed to pay for his treatment and she decides to leave. Because he is a liar. He's a big fat liar. She has no idea what the lie is, but no. he is obviously a liar and that with that she's leaving. Yeah. And so Skylar So one of the let's just talk about Skylar for a second. Mm. You one of the criticisms you had of season one was that Skylar was a bother yep. and not much else. That's right. How do you feel about her in season two? I really enjoyed her for the first few episodes. Um, She's reached a point in which Walt has checked out of their relationship for much of their family life. He's completely checked out and she starts rebelling against that and she kind of checks out as well. Mm -hmm. And this is after he's come back with that lie about having amnesia and stuff and he's trying to like work back her trust or gain back her trust and she's not interested unless he's going to be honest with her and be open with her. He isn't and therefore she starts just kind of leaving the house. She started smoking. Yeah, she's that was actually a cliffhanger. Three, three and a half cigarettes, I believe, Holy is how shit. many she had um, while she's heavily pregnant, which I, I'd like to see her have a bit of fight in her and yep. be like, you know, I'm actually really sick of you treating me like... I'm nothing and that our family isn't really of much value at all to you. Um, and I'm going to start showing you how that feels and I'm going to do exactly what you've done to me right back at you. So I, I really like Skylar in those first few episodes that kind of falls by the wayside 
towards the middle and latter half of the season uh-huh. when she is having her baby and Walt's illness is looking really good. She and... also, in that part, gets another... She goes she back to She has an another job. distraction, yeah. She's she got has else another to do. life, yes. essentially, at that point. And sort of, there's theoretically a romantic implication with one of the with her boss there as well, yeah. which is I think is a thread that doesn't really go anywhere this season, but may go somewhere next mm. season. Um, she has not, she starts to invest her energy into her life as well, yeah. and then sort of starts to check out. You, it's interesting you use the word check out of the relationship with mm. Walt, or checking out of the family. Yeah. The thing is, isn't his family meant to be and providing for his family meant to be his primary motivation? So why is he checking out of? He still values his family. He's emotionally checked out. He oh, is sure. not giving her or Flynn the emotional attention that mm-hmm. they need. I mean, they're clearly both starving for connection with him and he's not providing it, which I think is a huge thing for Walt because his idea has always been like, you know, I've got to provide for my yeah. family. You know, like that's the priority. But in making that decision, he has also decided to... he. has to disconnect from his family in order to do such illegal things. And that's the sacrifice that he's decided to make. Sure. And, you know, there's ramifications for that, which we see in, yeah, Skylar's rebellion and also, like, finding her own life. Yep. Mm. And so by the end of this episode, by the end of the season, Skylar has left. Walter's left in the house by himself. Mm. And then something really weird happens. (laughs) Then... Yeah, bit odd. Bit odd, this one. There is a plane crash... That takes place above their town. I think it's called Duke, but I could be wrong. And that's sort of where the show ends for the season. Now, yeah. what we haven't mentioned is that through a few of the episodes of this season, particularly episode one, they've started with these black and white or primarily black and white little cold opens mm. of some really interesting imagery. Um, the first one is this pink bear, slightly singed mm-hmm. bear in, a, in water that is revealed to be the pool in the backyard of the White family. Mm-hmm. And we're left wondering at the start of episode one, ooh, what's this about? What, where's this going? There's yeah. obviously something this dramatic happening. This must happens. be going somewhere. This must be going somewhere. And we see a few more clips of that as the season rolls on. Mm-hmm. That develops into the bear gets taken out of the pool by what looks to be an official in some sort of protective gear. Yeah, in a hazard suit. In a hazard suit. They put the bear into an evidence bag. Mm -hmm. We find out that that there's other evidence in those evidence bags of Walt's glasses. Yep. The evidence gets moved into their front driveway. Mm -hmm. And we see see Walt's car Mm -hmm. that's had its window smashed. And then two bodies in body bags on the driveway. Mm Mm-hmm. And then finally, in the last episode, they show a little bit more and show that a lot of the town seems to yeah, be Yeah, there's fire going on somewhere. There's yeah. fires throughout the town. Yeah. But we're sort of left wondering through the whole season, where, what's this? What's yeah, this leading to? Something big is going something on. Something big yeah. is going to happen. Is the... Because we got introduced to the sort of idea of the cartel mm. in sort of early in the season as well. Are they somehow getting involved? Does Walt get caught? And there's a big, like, you know, fight that goes on at the house or whatever. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not at all. No. Possibly somewhat due to events that take place around our main characters, but Mm. definitely not directly, indirectly at best. A plane crash occurs over the... Two planes collide. Two planes planes collide. And that is how the season ends. How did you feel about, A, that event itself, B, 
how they lean into that and see what do you think it's going to mean going forward. I was nonplussed. It didn't affect me at all. I was like, oh, okay, so that event really doesn't involve any of our main players. It's pretty disappointing because throughout the season they are alluding to this really big event that is central or it takes place at the White family home. Yeah, which is and like it involves... there should never be drama there. Nothing involving <laughs> Walt's legal business. Yeah, it, like, that's a it bad involves thing. you know federal agents, evidence yeah. bags, something big's going on. So my expectation was built. It was not met. <laughs> so that's yeah, that was my reaction. I was kind of like, ah, oh, okay, that was didn't really go anywhere for do you, do me. Do you think it's going to be important going forward? I just I can't really imagine how. It's so indirect. It's so unrelated to the main yeah. plot that it's hard to see what major or interesting impact it can have. Yeah. Well, what, what were your thoughts on it? Well, I, I, I was I had the same thing as you. The expectation was built that something dramatic mm. and revelatory and huge was going to happen at the, Walt, at the White household. Yeah. And then the plain thing is there's a part of me that sort of respects that I was played. Like, they played up my expectations. Yeah. They knew what I was going to think. See, I will never respect that just because I, I can, I'm easily scorned somehow. How dare you? But, yeah, no, I understand where you're coming from. And there's something about that that's really interesting that they... Because it's not an accidental. Mm. It was... They, it's the first scene of the first episode. Very conscious choices being made. Very conscious choice to mm. essentially set up... Or mm. allude to the cliffhanger that will lead into season three. They're looking a whole season ahead with those those flash forwards. Yeah, and that's, that's there's something curiously interesting about that. But it's not curiously interesting. I think that's a little redundant. But <laughs> but there's something interesting about that. I agree. It doesn't. It it, it sort of ends up being a bit of a flat note. Yeah. Because I think because we the way I'm used to something like that working out, it's like you get little hints towards yeah. the season. Uh, throughout the season and then when you finally get there it's a big payoff it's a full stop this is what all that led to yeah i wasn't given a full stop i was giving an ellipses yeah. and i wasn't expecting that and so i felt deflated in that situation sure sure <laughs> yeah. i i certainly understand your frustration i am hesitant to get too frustrated because well we're lucky in a sense that we just get to pick up the DVD and keep watching yeah. in, in, a, in a week. I, I'm looking forward to them like proving to me that like that was a really it. Yeah, yeah, it was totally worth it. I'm and I almost expect that now after watching season two. Well, now if this had happened, something like this had happened, and I felt the same way about season two as I did about season one, yeah. I'd be really upset. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, they got me in this season, and so I'm giving them my like, yeah. trust. At this I have no doubt will... that in season three, if they do go further with it, it's going to be great. However, if I'm just watching season two completely solitary in and of itself, yeah, it wasn't great. I, That's a good I, point. Yeah, that, I is, don't, that is the thesis yeah. of this show, and I agree. It is so unrelated <laughs> to what's going on. Doesn't affect anything. Yeah, that it's hard not to be. The only thing is, like, oops, like, Jane's dad is going to be fired and probably go to jail. That's about. How did you read that scene? Was that just him? Like, he said, what was interesting, he stopped saying another name. I can't remember what the J name is they use instead. He kept saying Jane instead. Mm. Um, how did you read what was going on there? Was that just him stressed and, like, 
Was I, that the effects of his daughter's death? Yeah, just I just think he wasn't really there. Yeah, he was, just wasn't there. And so it was an accident. Yeah, I think so. I don't it's think he. Accident. I don't think he would have purposely killed people. Mm. No, I don't believe. It. I think he was. He just wasn't. He was in too much pain to see straight. So that was something I did want to ask you. How do you feel? Yeah, Jane gets brought into this season. She's an extremely likable character. Mm. We connect with her pretty quickly, and then. Ultimately, although it hasn't happened yet, it seems like she was there to be killed to further the plotline of a male character in this sense, mm-hmm. Jesse. Yeah. Emotionally, he is going to be the one most affected by this. It's going to affect him yeah. going forward. How do you feel about that, you, the use of a character like that, and was she essentially fridged? <laughs> if people don't know what fridged means, it's, it's alluding to a comic book phenomenon or something that happened in the comic book where a character was killed and put inside a fridge essentially to motivate a male character. I believe it was Hank Pym actually, um, Ant-Man in Marvel Comics. <laughs> yes. Um, I like to think I'm against fridging, if you will. Uh, I don't have a huge problem with fridging in this instance so much um in and of itself what i do have a problem with is we you know we've grown to really you know like jane at the very least um and then she starts taking drugs and i know it's a side effect of the drugs but she turns into that trope of a woman who is just manipulative breaking up a couple of guys just wants money is very self-centered yeah and then she's killed. That bothered me more than just the fact that bringing in a female character and then killing her. See, the funny thing is, that mm. might be the thing that stops it from being a fridging. Is the fact that she actually does get involved mm. in their business. Because she ends up being the one that can be sort of... She becomes the dominant force in the Jesse Jane relationship mm-hmm. and is able to get the money from Walt. Yeah. So Walt has a reason to get rid of her. Yeah. I think the by, problem with fridging was always yeah. that 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 the villain or whoever killed the the woman essentially did it only to get to the male and yeah. not because she had any real involvement in the I, plot. Yeah, I don't think using one negative female trope to undermine another one sure. is necessarily progressive. Though. Sure, no, I think that's so, fair. That's true. Yeah, so I I think emotional stakes are important and sometimes fridging. Can, can be useful. I think it's used and it's a bit tired and people should probably think of something a bit better to do. Yeah. But I can see how it's effective. It, yeah, it just bothered me that we had a bit of a Yoko Ono moment before she had to die. Sure, yeah. sure. Okay, is there anything else? Yeah. I think I've got through my major points, so I think we should start to wrap this one up. Yeah. Um, favourite and least favourite episodes... So my favourite is Four Days Out, which we've spoken about, which is that bottle episode. The one in the RV. the RV. I 100% yeah. agree. My favourite episode too. Just in terms of, I am a sucker for bottle episodes. And this is not, <laughs> like I said before, not 100% a bottle episode, but close enough. Yeah. Anything, I like it when you can put two people in a room and just shake them around and just yeah. sort of see what comes out. And that's exactly what happens in this episode. And it's great performances by both of them. It's, a, like you said, a real microcosm of their relationship. Mm-hmm. And just... It's just a highlight of the yeah, season. Yeah, it's a great episode. So yeah. that is my favourite. And I don't think I have a least favourite. Well, I, I also wanted to bring up Phoenix, which is the one where Jane dies, just because 
that scene was such a highlight, shocking moment, mm. as well as being a really fantastic episode. Yeah. Um, so I really liked that one as well. I guess if I had to choose a least favourite, it'd be Peekaboo, just because it leans heavily on some... I like Peek-a-boo. Back on those drug user stereotypes. Mm. Without, and like, everything's played to the nth degree. They're completely 100% filthy. They're completely 100% bad parents. Mm. The little boys are ridiculously adorable. <laughs> and like, there's nothing about yeah. that that just screams like interesting writing or... I don't know. So with so many, they were able to introduce complex and interesting characters in this season and they mm. sort of fell on tired old tropes and right. really easy conventions in that episode. It's not a bad episode by any means. I think every episode in season yeah. two is better than any episode in season Absolutely. one. Absolutely. I think I liked Peekaboo one because I just like seeing Jesse be Jesse uh-huh. and that was a great moment for him. Um, and I also loved seeing Gretchen and Walt kind of that is the other side of this yeah 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 that's true and that that is a really really fantastic scene it's a better it's funny for us for an episode that feels like it's a lot about jesse the walt stuff is probably the stuff Mm. i liked more in that episode predictions going forward i have a couple of predictions yep um because the way walt is now funneling income back to himself which Which we didn't explain no which is so what happens is Flynn, Walt's son, sets up a website for people to donate money so that he can pay for his surgery. Yep. And at the same time that that's happening, Walt is saying to Saul, he's like, oh, I need a way to, like, you know, funnel income back to myself from illegal means. And Saul suggests that they figure out a way to do that through the son's website. Yeah. Um, So that's what's happening. So... Walt's drug money is being sent to his son's website and creating revenue. I don't see that as being sustainable. So I think Walt will create some sort of business drug front so that he can create an income for himself. So he can have a little bit more pride, I guess, in himself, which I know is an issue with the website that he had. Yeah. Um, So I think that'll happen. I also think Skylar's accounting skills will come in to his business and trying to stay afloat, um, trying to, I guess, stay ahead of things like the IRS and little things like that and just kind of juggling all the things that he has to juggle. I think he'll utilise her. I don't think she'll be overly excited about being used, but I think she will be complicit in doing that. Why do you think she'd... What at this stage, seeing how season two ends, mm. how do you see her having showing any sort of loyalty to him and doing I, it at all? I think there'll be... I, I can't Jean, think of she, specific, but I think he will absolutely manipulate her so that she has no choice. Because she actively... At her job mm. that she takes up and she's doing... Yeah, she has stuff, that moment like, I'm not being a part she, of that. She actively walks away. She does end up going back in, mm. which was a question of what her motivation there was. Was it to help the boss? Or was it because... She mm-hmm. had a romantic connection with him yep. that was sort of blossoming there. I, th- I think her stating that she doesn't want to get involved in anything illegal, mm. particularly with the accounting stuff, is just a bit of foreshadowing um, so that okay. when in the future she does have to do that, you can see that like she initially wouldn't have, but yep. now she really has to compromise her ideals because Walt is probably ultimately manipulating her to do that. Gotcha. Um, or bribing her or whatever it might be, but she doesn't want to be there, okay. but she has to. Um, and I think Walt Jr. or Flynn will, I think his family will ultimately, if, if not v- vaguely or overtly, understand what he's doing yeah. with meth 
Um, I think Walt Jr. will want to be a part of it. He'll see his father as someone who's really powerful in doing things and he'll look up to that and maybe slowly kind of want to emulate that okay. in his father. Yeah. So he'll actively become a participant in the I think activity. he'll want to. I don't okay. know if Walt would allow him to do that, but sure. I think I can see him having that desire. Yeah. What about you? What are your predictions? I didn't really have any major predictions. My big question is how... <laughs> I'm really curious from a cliffhanger point of view as mm. to... It's not even the plane. The plane will come, but there's nothing that really makes me go, oh, I want to know. Mm. The I want to see if... Walt is able to somehow get out of this predicament with Skylar where she's figured out and she's left him because he's a liar. Is it a solution where he does just come out and tell her and she finds out? Mm. Or does he manage to again lie his way out of this bad situation? Yeah. I'm, I'm just keen to see where that goes. I don't have a prediction on that one. I still think, as I said before, with the whole Jane thing, the smoking gun there is the knowledge that, that Walt yeah. killed... Um, Jane and that Jesse will one day find out and that's going to obviously bring them to loggerheads and I really look forward to that because yeah. it may not happen but it's a smoking gun that it's a, it's a, mm. it's a, a card left on the table that you would expect to be addressed yeah. at some stage yeah I think yeah I think it's coming later with Walt and Skylar I as we've seen before when Walt is in like backed up against the corner Heisenberg comes out I think now that Skylar's left she's got control of the house the kids I can see Heisenberg coming out and be like, no, 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 I don't lose anything. Yeah, It's mine, and I'm going to take it back. And he'll find a way to take it back. Well, that was something else in this season. Again, we sort of just glossed over this, but Skylar, there is this sort of, um, this foreshadowing she's going to have a romantic relationship mm. potentially with her boss. Yeah. Um, that if that were to happen, I could very easily see Heisenberg mm. um, becoming pretty aggressive, if not, outright violent yes. in essence to take back what's his and that yeah. would be very interesting I can to see, see that happening well. totally yeah. um, to see that again we were talking about we want to see the Heisenberg and the Walt start mm. to merge their worlds together that would certainly be a pretty direct way of doing yeah. it <laughs> absolutely um, would we continue watching now that we've seen through season 2 if we weren't doing it just for the podcast would you continue watching the show yes Which absolutely is, me too mm-hmm unabashedly can't wait to start watching yeah, season three, which is a pretty massive turnaround from, <laughs> I was maybe just interested enough and you were like, I was like, no, nah, you're done. Yeah. I mean, I was kind of bored and it, I, I was saying that it wasn't my kind of show and it may still not be my show necessarily, but they've got amazing characters and it's really interesting and I just want to keep watching. What? Just to put a pin in this whole idea, mm. season two was a dramatic improvement for us yes. in season one. Yeah. What what we what was it exactly that was so much better? It was just it, the characters find everything reached the potential. Characters a bit. progression, great pace, more episodes, which is very helpful when yeah. you're trying to tell such a complex story. And it's somehow better paced and like mm. felt faster. There's and, so much going on in this season. Yeah. Final score and rating out of five. Do you want to go first? I'm giving it four out of five. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go straight to the stratosphere. Yeah. You know, it's not the best, like, most amazing season of television I've ever seen. Dramatic improvement on season one. Mm. Really, really solid. Really enjoyed it. I think four is a good place for it. It gives it a bit of room to go further if it's mm-hmm. going to get any better. I've got somewhere to go score-wise. But it was really, really solid. And while, yeah, there's a couple of curiosities in there overall, I've got very little to complain about. Yeah. I'm going to have to... I was debating whether to give it three and a half or four. I'm 
gonna have to give it four just because I don't have any huge gripes. Yeah. However, I still want a bit more. I, I, I still want a little bit more depth from Skylar. I want. I think oh, yeah, I just want more, which is great going to season three because I'm gonna get more. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's a solid four. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I think that about wraps it up on a pretty uh, long episode. Yeah, this one's going for ages. That's Sorry. all right. There was lots to talk about. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed this. If you would like to tell us to be briefer and brisker <laughs> or say, hey, please give us more or give us any other sort of comments, really, you can contact us at our Facebook page. Just search Hunting Seasons on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You can find us on Twitter at Hunting S Cast or Hunting's Cast. You can email us directly at huntingseasonspodcast at gmail.com. You can contact myself on Twitter at bgordes, B-G-O-R-D-E-S, mask. You can grab me on Twitter at, at maskymoo, M-A-S-K-Y-M-O-O. And we must also thank our lovely logo and graphic designer, Sean Kirkpatrick. You can find his work at seankirkpatrickdesigns.portfoliobox.net. And thank Jordan Calavis, who made our lovely theme song as well. You can find his work at soundcloud.com slash classicjrex. That's classic J-R-E-X. That will be it for us for episode three, our second our podcast on the second season of Breaking Bad. We'll be back in two weeks to talk about season three. Mm-hmm. But next week, we'll be back to talk about season two of Dead Like Me. How are you feeling about that one, Damask? Which is an interesting place to go in. I'm going to go in cautiously optimistic. No, don't. No, have super low expectations. I just don't want to. I just don't want the audience to hear us going. Oh yeah, that's going to suck. It's going to be so much fun to talk about. You can go in that way. I'm like, yeah, you know what? People. Yeah, no, I will go in that way. And then if any spark of like inspiration or like goodness is coming through the screen, I'll be in the podcast being like oh my god it was so much better I can see why yours is the safer option I'm thinking this from a business point of view I'm going in (laughs) listen it's a cult classic for a reason obviously it got cancelled before it's time I'm really really you know inspired or I'm really excited to see it improve season 2 so that'll be good is that convincing? Yeah, that was... You should be an actor. Excellent. That All was right, really cool. good. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week. Have a good night. Bye. Dunkishin, darling, Dunkishin. You get to listen to that later. Yeah. What is that? That's the Dunkishin song. The one that Ferris Bueller sings where he's on the... I hate that float. movie. You, yeah. you hate Ferris Bueller? Mm-hmm. There's you know a, I hate the character of Ferris Bueller. There is another podcast we can make. <laughs> <laughs> is it just you me, like you yelling at me for half an hour about why I shouldn't hate Ferris Bueller? How do you hate Ferris Bueller? <laughs> he's obnoxious and he's a terrible friend and I don't like him. It's true. Fair enough. Yeah. Like what, what? <laughs> That's the podcast. <laughs> Done. I'll just show him. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.